Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah! Is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. Simplify the morning and evening now with a simpler electric toothbrush from Quip. I have a story. One day, a product designer went to the dentist and asked which brush he should use to brush properly. To his surprise, his dentist said, as long as you were brushing for two minutes twice a day, gently and evenly, while remembering to change your brush every three months... The brush didn't matter. The designer was confused. Why were there so many expensive brushes on the market if those were the only things a brush needed to accomplish? Cue. Ding, ding, ding. That was the moment Quip was invented. And most of us brush our teeth wrong. You maybe knew that, especially if you're like getting blood in the sink or something, or if your dentist is telling you you're brushing wrong. Mine regularly does. Well, not anymore. I have been using Quip. He actually did ask me recently like if I changed. Because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. Quip's built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean your whole mouth evenly. The multi-use cover works as a stand, mounts to mirrors, and slides over your bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. I just was on a trip and did use my Quip stand to do just that. Plus, you get to like stand your toothbrush up on the hotel counter, which feels awfully good because uh, we all know that from the E. Jean Carroll episode, never trust a cleaning staff. They do their best, but the, they, they have a lot of work to do. So nice not to have to lay your toothbrush down on the counter. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule of every three months for just $5. A friendly reminder that it's time to refresh your brush and stay committed to your oral health. The new kids brush is the same as the original version, just tweaked for sized down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products adults in their life use. And they're proud to use Quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. I do love Quip. Again, like I literally use it twice a day because you're supposed to. And I did take it on a trip with a little case. Quip starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash friends right now. You'll get your first refill pack for free. That is your first refill pack for free. Getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash friends. Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and it is with friends like these. And it is time for one of our periodic Rick Wilson episodes, one of the most divisive reoccurring features of this podcast. Rick is a never-Trump conservative, a former GOP strategist, now best-selling author. He appears regularly on cable news and The Bill Maher Show. He is, in other words, squarely in the demographic of people who do not need another platform. The one slice of the American population this show tries to avoid booking. But, and this is an important but... Rick is also one of the few never-Trump conservatives who can still make me laugh and whose deep-down loathing of President Circus Peanut runs as deep as anyone I know, including my own. 
The good news for those who don't like Rick episodes is that this one is very, very short due to circumstances beyond our control, including immediate mental health needs. Rick and I only chatted for about 20 minutes. To those who want more, I can only say he will be back. And with that, here's the show. Rick, thank you for dropping in to talk to us. I'm delighted to be with you as always. Are you currently now in what um, I like to think of as southeastern Alabama? Is that where Um, you are? Well, you know, uh, technically speaking, I could just about throw a rock to Georgia from my house. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there is an argument that we are actually part of the uh, of southeastern Alabama um, or Alabamistan, as it is called around here. Right. Um, I think that people who listen to the show are probably well-versed and online enough. They understand we are talking about uh, the president's latest pointless lie, um, which is a whole category unto itself. I mean, what I really hate about his pointless lie, this particular one that the hurricane's going to hit Alabama, is that it, you, one is tempted to figure out the point of it, right? Like, it, it, Look, he is, it's all nihilistic, though, Anna. It's all just— he lies because he's he's got a reflex action to lie. He lies because he thinks that he's getting away with something by bullshitting people in one level and then another and another and another. And and he can't stop himself. He even lies when it would help him to not lie. I know. And also he lies um, – well – he lies and then he can never admit it's a lie, right? He only can admit that maybe he was joking. And in fact – That's a smooth segue. We have a quiz for you today, Rick. All right. Fire the quiz at me. The quiz is, was the president joking? (laughs) I am going to read you some statements from from Trump or or read you about some statements. And it's not it's actually did someone claim the president is joking is probably actually the better name for this quiz. Okay. Um, because it, it, some of these his officials or spokesmen explained away as a joke. Some of them they did not. I will quote the week here is everyone knows that a joke is not a joke. It has to be explained. But with Trump, the inverse is true. When he says something he can't explain, it becomes a joke. All right. All right. Trump claimed he is the chosen one while looking up to the sky during a press gaggle in front of the White House. They claimed it was a joke. He didn't look at the time as if he was making any kind of joke. Trump said he was obviously joking, although the obvious part, yes, is questionable. Trump claimed to be the king of Israel and the leader of the Jews in the same press gaggle. Um, Again, excused away as a joke. And then they was excused away as, oh, he was just retweeting someone who said that about him. Now, you may have intel that I don't, but I don't have a record of anyone explaining that particular statement off as a joke. So we're just going to assume it stands. Um, (laughs) Trump accused Democrats of treason for not clapping at his State of the Union speech. Excused as a joke. Sarah Huckabee Sanders told journalists they need to get a sense of humor. Sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Trump took the issue of Time magazine featuring Justin Trudeau on the cover with the title The Anti-Trump, tore the cover off the magazine, scrawled, hope it's not true, on the picture with a silver Sharpie, and had the torn cover delivered to Trudeau. A, true. B, uh, I don't know if they actually excused it as a joke, but I did read that they had sent it to him. Canadians and our ambassadors were horrified by this, but a Trump spokesman said it was meant to be in good fun and expected <sighs> Trudeau to interpret it as, quote, positive outreach. 
my God, we're going to war with Canada. (laughs) Trump demanded that Sidant Live be investigated. Uh, Excused as a joke. I don't think so. Trump has never walked back his multiple comments about Saturday Night Live, how Saturday Night Live is treason, uh, proving the man who does all of these jokes simply cannot take the lightest joke possible. No, he cannot. Trump challenged Rex Tillerson to an IQ test. Not a joke. Sarah Huckabee Sanders told journalists they need to get a sense of humor. Again, I don't know how many times she said that, but... But she mm, did. I thought that one wasn't a joke. I thought he was serious about that one. Well, he may have been serious, but it was explained away as a joke. Like there's mm. that's sort of another level to this. You quiz. know, it's like this. It's like they think that you have this get out of free, get out of jail free card. Yeah. That, uh, that anything, anything's a joke. Ha ha, honey. I'm screwing the neighbors. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more like you just you're not. You, it's the serious versus seriously versus literally issue, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he doesn't mean anything he says, right? Well, remember that was one of those things that a lot of Republicans used to explain away Trump's departures from conservative orthodoxy. Oh, take him literally, but not seriously, really. Yeah. Well, I think it was seriously— Do you guys know what either of those words mean? Well, (laughs) yeah. No, clearly. And it's somehow like—okay, but this is the thing. Like, people sometimes—like, so the seriously and literally issue. Like, you're supposed to take Mm. him seriously, but not literally. I mean, he didn't didn't literally mean he'd build a wall. Well, no, he literally meant he'd build a wall. Yeah, right. He literally meant a literal, (laughs) actual wall. (laughs) He did. Um, But I think what people—when people are like, oh, he's just joking or he's not serious, what they don't realize is something you said right at the beginning, which— is just he's a nihilist. So on some he level, is. no, he doesn't mean any of it. Like he might want to do it, but even the fucking wall, it, it's not about wanting to build a wall. It's about saving face, right? Right. It is about not being caught out as a bullshitter. Yeah. And, yeah. And as, so- a, as a lying liar who lies. And I think that's where the joke stuff comes in because that's one of the only ways we have in our culture to like, talk about someone not meaning what they say without calling them a liar. You know, and that's the thing about our culture, too, is, you know, sometimes liars need to be called for what they are. And and we're so scared of that in some ways, about him particularly, but we're so scared of that as a, you know, we don't want to be seen as mean or judgmental and all that stuff. But, you know, sometimes people are assholes and people are liars. And, and you know, the, the old society we used to live in where shame had a social function where people didn't want to be seen as people who were thieves, liars, scumbags, adulterers, porn scar screwing, you know, assholes. I think from the top down, you know, his moral example is so corrosive and so terrible for this country because it really is it really is nihilistic. It really is utterly amoral. And it's it's you know, he's he he is in fact the joker. He's that he's that uncontrolled force of pure chaos. And it's funny, just, I have one more question about whether or not uh, something was excused as a joke. Okay. But I do feel like that, I mean, the Joker, and the thing about the Joker is that he's he's not, he's not funny, right? Like that's sort of, I mean, I, I feel like I'm being a little pedantic here. <laughs> but, right. but that is the joke of the Joker, is that he's evil, not funny, right? Correct. And that is Trump, too. And I will now actually, this fits right into what you're just saying about honor and shame. Trump has claimed he would like to give himself the Medal of Honor. 
He did, in fact, say he would like to give himself the Medal of Honor, and I believe he himself then tried to make it into a joke. Again, I believe that he may have done that, but our research did not actually prove that he tried to say that was a joke. He did tell a very detailed story about how some veterans group, you know, probably surely a real one, wanted to give him some kind of medal. Like, did they did they approach him with tears in their eyes and say, <laughs> Did they call him sir? Sir, <laughs> sir, we must award you with this, the Order of the Bone Spur. <laughs> So I know you have to leave us really quickly. And so I think I'm going to go to you. I want to use this last bit of time for something that only you can offer, which is, of all my guests, I should say, only you can offer, which is what is happening with your pals? Like, what is happening? You know, he Trump, I think we've there's a consensus that this has been his most... Um, I'm trying to not use ableist terms about like mental illness here. <laughs> uh, you can use the phrase "bug fuck crazy." Oh, um, because... how about just um, uh, banana pants? That shit. I like banana yeah. pants. It's uh, banana been his pants. Most, All right, we'll go with that. It's been his most banana pants summer yet. So you have friends who are still Trump supporters. You have friends who are who are covert non-Trump mm-hmm. supporters. Mm-hmm. What are what is what's what's going on? Well, the elected ones, you know, so after 2018, when 41 of them got either scared off, sickened or beaten in elections, the thought was, oh, well, three or four more are left. Well, everybody is, uh, you know, right now there's another charge for the exits. Trump has basically killed off the congressional GOP and they know it and they and the ones that the ones that aren't playing the sort of bullshit opportunistic games understand it, and and they they know there's no chance of recapturing the house, so they're leaving. They're they're so depressed it's beyond words. The folks running for Senate races all recognize, uh, you know, outside of the deep red states, uh, you know, the, the, everybody else who's running for Senate recognizes that everything they do, every dollar they spend on communications and on media and on everything else could be blown up by one dumb, dumb Trump tweet. And they, they, they feel like they've got a gun to their heads at all times now. Um, they know nothing is ever going to move uh, in the Senate again except judges. And for some, that's enough. For some, that's enough, okay? Um, but most of them are in a state of, frankly, pretty profound depression over the fact that their lives are closed off now politically that they've got very few options, uh, you know, in, in terms of the 2020 election that don't involve Donald Trump. You know, he's going to he's gonna rise or fall and it's going to make or break almost every Republican elected official outside of the deepest, deepest red zones. Um, you know, they, they, they could lose everything if Donald Trump has a, you know, a, another month like this month, an ongoing mental breakdown that's evident to everybody and an ongoing set of decisions that make the economy on a you know closer and closer to the edge of the cliff. Everyone wants their home to look good and feel great. Luckily, snow has made it incredibly simple. They create trend-proof, beautiful, functional pieces made for how you live. Whether you just got the keys to your first place or you're looking to upgrade the pieces you've had forever, Snow has home goods that are practical and striking to look at. Snow makes luxury essentials for every room in your house, minus the markup. They directly partner with master craftsmen to create beautiful, simple products that are made to last, like their incredibly soft, award-winning sheets and fluffy duvets, or luxurious air-spun cotton towels and robes. My husband has one of the robes. He does, in fact, 
Love it. He now keeps it in a special closet so it doesn't get cat hair on it. They also have super durable, dishwasher-safe, porcelain dinnerware and wine glasses with titanium-enforced stems. Snow has received rave reviews from Vogue, Fast Company, Apartment Therapy, and more. It's the home collection of your dreams, priced for your reality. And right now, Snow is offering our listeners $30 off your first purchase of $150 or more when you go to snowhome.com slash friends. That's S-N-O-W-E home.com slash friends to get $30 off your first order. Again, snowhome.com slash friends. Nine times out of 10, shopping online beats going to the store. And right here in the script, it asked me to talk about what I like better about online shopping compared to in-store. And unfortunately, I'm told these ads shouldn't go on for more than a couple minutes because I have a lot to say about why I don't like shopping in stores. I do not like shopping in stores, mainly because I don't really like being around other people. But I particularly don't like, and this is for real, I don't like going shopping for cosmetics because, and I know they mean well, I know they're just trying to help, but cosmetic stores, you get the most aggressive attendance, right? They're always asking you if you need help. I don't want help. Don't want help. Don't, don't want help. I just want to like look at the makeup and play around. And so it has been nice to use Honey. I don't know if this is something that they specialize in or not, but one of the things I've noticed about Honey, which is a browser extension that finds discounts for you, is that they have a deep, deep uh, dive into cosmetics and um, other like online bath and body product sellers. So I've, I've been splurging a little. Don't ask me how many different shower gels I have right now. And it, I did, I saved money with Honey and a uh, Derm store was having an anniversary sale that I didn't know about. In general, they find coupon codes for all kinds of things, not just the stuff that I like to buy. Over 10 million people are already saving with Honey. It has over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store website. Time Magazine calls Honey basically free money. There's really no reason not to use it. It is free. It installs on your computer in just two clicks. It saves you money. So you can treat yourself to something nice or some several things nice. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash friends. That's joinhoney.com slash friends. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. You can take classes in everything from photography and creative writing to design, productivity, and I think they mean kind of like business in general, and more. So whether you're returning to a longtime passion project, challenging yourself to get outside your comfort zone, or simply exploring something new, Skillshare has some classes for you. I was just looking at the website, and I have decided that maybe I can do more with photography than just like the Instagram filters, you know, like... That's the thing about modern cell phone photography is it makes us all look like we know what we're doing. I would actually, I think, like to know what I am doing. And so I was looking at um, some of the photography courses that are available, and one of them, street photography, capture the life of your city, is being taught by someone who goes by the handle trash hand. To me, that actually inspires some trust. Um, Someone who calls themselves trash hand is a street photographer for sure, right? If they call themselves that, that is probably... I'm just guessing they love the streets um, and probably take some beautiful pictures. Uh, So I'm going to do that one. And then there's like some others. I'm kind of now I literally real time flipping through this because I've made myself really think, yeah, I should I should get better at that. I love taking pictures. Why not get better and do it in a community setting? Skillshare. That's how I would do that. 
Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering with friends like these listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash friends. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash friends to start two months for free right now. Skillshare.com slash friends. Packages by Expedia. You were made to be rechargeable. We were made to package flights, hotels, and hammocks for less. Expedia. Made to travel. I feel like I ask this question pretty regularly, but I'm going to ask it again, which is like, is there a breaking point? Because some of this stuff feels like even the Republican Party of a year ago, you know, would be more up in arms. Um, You know, him diverting funds for military schools and daycares to, you know, the wall. One thing I've known about politicians over the years is you can call them a rat bag son of a bitch to their face, but you take a dollar out of their appropriations and shit gets real. Hmm. And I have to tell you, if the Democrats had the slightest political competence, which is a matter of long-standing debate, <laughs> uh, they would be turning this into things that got right up on to Tom Tillis and Mitch McConnell and Cory Gardner and everybody else who's up who has seen this arbitrary removal of funds from duly appropriated military construction projects in their districts that will help the men and women in uniform that serve in their districts and their families um, taken away for an imaginary border wall. And if the Democrats can't make a whole field full of hay out of this one, nobody can help them. This is an easy lift. This is an absolutely easy lift. And it's and it's the th- kind of thing that bothers local reporter or local candidates and, mm-hmm. and and elected officials when they're home, because it's not some guy in D.C. sending an email to their comms director. It's the little old lady saying, "My grandson is in a daycare center on the military base, and why did you cut it, Tom Tillis?" And when it gets personalized like that, that political cost gets high, get and and it gets high fast. So they're going to have to defy Trump um, and pay the price there with the cult. Or they're going to have to defy every other voter in their districts and uh, and get screwed because they're sitting there silently while Trump takes money out of their districts that their taxpayers, um, you know, wanted appropriated for things in those districts and states. And it is, it is, you know, one of the th- lessons that Republicans never learn is that no matter how much you do for Donald Trump, it's never enough. No matter how much you bend over, it's never far enough. No matter how long you're down on your knees, it's never it's never long enough. And and in this case, you know, if if they express any hesitation or reservation about it, he's going to tweet mean things about them, um, and he's going to say bad things about them. But you know, they're really on the horns of a terrible dilemma here, and they they ought to really. I mean, look, the smart political thing to do is to put daylight between themselves and Trump, but. The, we, we, as we've seen, the Republican Party of today, it's, you know, what it's devolved into, as I like to say, is a competition between which one of them can describe the smell of Trump's farts more in a more fulsome and, and poetic manner. You know, it's not a party where there's a lot of independent thought anymore. Okay, first of all, I'm going to choose to interpret your comment about bending over to be about being spanked and not anything else. 
Um, and, oh, I was talking about bend the knee from. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Yes. Good. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, one scenario you're sketching out here is kind of what people said was going to happen if Trump was nominated, right? That there was going to be mm-hmm. apocalypse for the Republican Party. So there's a part of me that's like, oh, great. This, of course, like as, as a progressive person, I'm like, and as someone who is, I do want an opposition party, but not this one um, right now. Um, but also, we all said that this was going to happen if Trump was elected. I mean, I, like, I guess we're just coming around back to like, is there a bottom? And is, well, here's, here, if the bottom there, there depends bottom. on the Democrats being electorally, you know, functional, confident, <laughs> confident. Yeah. like, I mean, oh, that, that scares you me. You know, I, I wrote a piece today um, and two pieces today, actually, one in the Beast and one in USA Today. And this will probably be, you know, days after when you post this. But um, in both of them, uh, you know, I, I just looked at the fact that on the one hand, the Republicans don't understand that there is no future now. Mm-hmm. This is the Trump's party. All these guys who think they're going to run for president in 2024, Marco and and Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and all these guys, Donald Trump Jr. is running for president in 2024. It's done. We don't have a party anymore. It's a cult. It's a family dynasty now. Everybody else is done. Mm-hmm. And, and the rest of them are also thinking to themselves, well, my seat's pretty good. Well, guess what? Every seat in the Senate all the states that are going to be up next time that are Republican are in states where there's a rapid Hispanic growth component. Hmm. How do you think that's going to work out in 2020 and then 2024 and 2026? Because right now, the Republican Party, um, unlike the advice that, I don't know, some smart people gave them in the uh, famous <laughs> autopsy report, um, has decided we're going to declare war on every Hispanic in this country. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that's some goddamn political genius right there. That won't that won't cost us anything in the long term. <laughs> yeah, I think you know my hope. Maybe we can we can wrap up after this because it's nice to end on hopeful note. Although that's hard with you. Um, yeah, I know. I'm a bundle <laughs> of joy. <laughs> Is that I? I you know. I actually, maybe you don't know this about me, but I do not call myself a Democrat, not like Bernie Sanders. No, I knew that. Yeah. Knew that. So, but as someone who has has had to align myself with the Democrats for most of my life, <laughs> <laughs> I tremble at having to rely on their political competence. As but you what should. I feel like is that they can be saved by the voters. That. Voters actually are the ones that are going to have to save us, otherwise known as our fellow citizens. I think that's probably correct. I I think that it's going to be very difficult for – I think it's going to be very difficult for the Democratic campaign to not do the things it wants to do. You know, campaigns are always a contest between between five big things, love, hate, hope, and fear. There's a dynamic between all those and messaging and everything else. And – Operational competence. Mm. Can you raise the money? Can you do the organization? Can you get the doors knocked? Can you make the TV ads, put them in the right place at the right time? Can you do the digital? Can you do the data? Can you do all the things? And the love, hate, hope, fear part right now is kind of covered. People hate Trump. They fear Trump. They love this country. They hope for something better. You got that balance. That's a pretty good balance for the Democrats right now. It's all the other things that they are demonstrably bad at doing and you know, in 2016, Hillary Clinton, by every single metric, should have been an easy layup. And yet, 
they ran a campaign that wasn't up to the task of beating the factors that were out there. And 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 here we are. Gosh, I don't want to relitigate Hillary Clinton, so I won't. But um, I do think that the the Obama campaign showed that the Democrats have the capacity to run a really Absolutely. excellent campaign. Right? Absolutely. No um, question about it. So it's there. I also think, and I... I'll end on my own. This is my my other hopeful note just for me personally, which is that I know that, that um, Joe Biden is leading because of electability, and mm-hmm. we all know that. And you hear people say that random. My husband is basically like, I don't give a shit what he says. I'm, he's the only guy who can beat Trump, you know? Like, he's like, he mm-hmm. could be, we, he's a, like, my husband is behind Biden to the weekend at Bernie's level, right? Like, sure. just put an old white man up on the stage so everyone will vote for him. What I think those people underestimate is that voters are so filled with hope, fear, hate, love, they will vote for anyone, if it, whoever wins the nominee. I, I actually think, like, Tom Nichols said he'd vote for, for Sanders, didn't he? Like He did. He did. But I, I will say this. I think Bernie is probably one of the few candidates in the field. And look, and if I were Well, I don't advising think he's going to get the nomination. I was just pointing no, out I, the example so of, either. like— I think people are so scared. I would beg for Bernie. If I, I would <laughs> beg for Bernie Sanders if I was advising Trump. I would want Bernie Sanders all damn day. Yeah. I mean, he's probably, well, I don't even, you know, gay, I think even then it might be tough because there is like so much like we just got to get the motherfucker out of the White House, you know? Oh, yeah. Look, the, the situation right now in America, this is where the Democrats actually have a kind of advantage this time around is they've got latitude. They don't have to check every single box with every single Democratic voter. They can go into those states that are more conservative, more moderate, less woke, however you want to phrase it, and have a little flexibility. They don't have to run a Bernie campaign, which, you know, is probably a good thing if you're going to try to win a state like Michigan or Georgia. Um, but he, but but that latitude that they've got, you know, is something I don't think they fully appreciate yet about how much the hatred of Trump, because people who dislike Trump, the 65% of people who dislike Trump, 50% of those people hate, hate, hate him. They would set him on fire if they had the chance. People who love Trump, about 50% of those people who love Trump, love Trump. About yeah. 50% are like, eh, judges, eh, whatever, regulations, taxes. You know, So the Republican base isn't solid and the independents are in play. So that's why the Democrats have some latitude and some, some fun to be had. So... Well, Anna, thank you so much for having me, as always. And thank you. And I, I like the idea of ending on maybe there'll be some fun to be had. I love fun. It, there's certainly I fun with you. Go. Be well. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Talk to you soon. That is it for today. I mentioned mental health needs up at the top, and I will come clean. Yes, they were mine. I had a dawning migraine this morning, and when we scrambled to accommodate my need to lie down in a dark room for a few hours— This is kind of what we were left with. And part of me would like to apologize to you for giving you short shrift. But another part, and this is the part I'm going to try to listen to, wants to remind myself and you that self-care isn't something you apologize for, not in and of itself. I say that every week to you, and yet I still forget. And that is the power of late capitalism, convincing us all that we're only worthy when we produce. So, friends, please strike a blow against oppression, resist those forces, and take care of yourselves.